A key component of the modern world economy, the chemical industry delivers products and innovations to enhance everyday life. It is also an industry in transformation, where chemical executives and workers are delivering growth and industry-changing advancements while responding to pressures from investors, regulators, and public opinion. Discover how leading companies are approaching these challenges here on The Chemical Show. Join Victoria Meyer, president of Progressio Global and host of The Chemical Show, as she speaks with executives across the industry and learns how they are leading their companies to grow, transform, and push industry boundaries on all frontiers. Here's your host, Victoria Meyer. Hi, this is Victoria Meyer. Welcome to The Chemical Show. This week, I am speaking with Terry Hill, who is CEO of Barents North America. Terry joined the Maroon Group as CEO in 2019. And then during the acquisition of the Maroon Group by Barents, moved to Barents. He's actually been part of the distribution industry for most of his career, having spent almost 30 years with Univar, and has also been very active in National Association of Chemical Distributors, as well as the Chemical Education Foundation, which is where I first met Terry. So we're going to be talking about a variety of things, and I think you'll enjoy the conversation. Terry, welcome to The Chemical Show. Victoria, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. I'm happy to have you here. So Terry, what's your origin story? How did you get into the chemical business and specifically distribution? Victoria, it's kind of funny how things just work out. <laughs> and so, you know, the old saying is better to be lucky than good. I think and sometimes I was just lucky. So I grew up in the panhandle of Texas and really didn't know this industry even existed. I mean, I understood, you know, having grown up in the oil and gas industry and the agriculture industry and ranching, and that's sort of what I knew. And I knew I liked the technical aspects. I liked chemistry. But, you know, when I was, you know, growing up, I didn't realize this was here. I mean, I didn't even know this industry was here. So went to school, got a chemistry and microbiology degree, was thinking about medicine and really had a guy that sort of mentored me in the medical distribution business. So I went to Dallas, worked for him for a couple of years. And then I met a, still a really good friend of mine. At the time, it was Van Waters and Rogers, which was one of the roots to Univar. He was leaving that company to go work in commercial real estate. He was like, you've got a chemistry degree and you've no distribution. I think this you know, something you would like, you know, and sure enough, long story short, 30 years with Univar and was a great compilation of your technical acumen and business. And uh, so I love this industry and love what it's done. So you've certainly seen the industry evolved, right? And it's evolved significantly. So what's striking to you about the chemical industry, the distribution business today versus when you first started out? You know, it's really interesting because if you think about it, in every distributor started the same way. It was a family-owned business. And you can look at the Univar Solutions or Brentag or any of them, you know, Brent, IMCD, every one of them, even the global ones, all the way down to really today, a big part of them are still family-owned. It was a family-owned business. And what they found is an opportunity in their geography in a specific industry to bring value to the supply chain. And that's what, to me, is really interesting about our industry in that, you know, I think about just, you know, bigger picture, the definition of work is to create value. And so for us in the distribution space, it's all about 
creating value for the chemical manufacturer who chooses to market through distribution, as well as creating value for that customer who chooses a distributor or outsources certain items to that distributor. You know, and it's all about creating value. So to me, I have loved this industry, loved the story about how companies got started, where they just found an opportunity, they found the entrepreneurial spirit, and they created value for a chemical manufacturer, and they created value for a customer and started their businesses. And then obviously over time, what we've seen is the consolidation of that, of the businesses, you know, kind of around the globe. But I think one of the things that's really fun about this business, and while after 35 plus years, I still see it, you know, changing day to day, is there's so many moving parts in that entrepreneurial spirit to create value. It's just, you know, amazing in our industries, in the distribution space, as well as just the whole industry of chemistry. Yeah, I think that's right. It's interesting because I do observe the same thing that many of the distributors started out as small family-owned business, opportunistic, saw the, the opportunity to create value. And then there's been tremendous consolidation, right? So in Barents, like many others, has been very acquisitive in order to drive growth, in order to create maybe some of those network effects. Mm-hmm. And yet... What I find is that, you know, obviously as companies get bigger, typically that entrepreneurial spirit gets squashed underneath processes and standardization, as well as just the fact of merging companies and cultures is notoriously difficult, right? Something like 50% of all acquisitions fail to meet any of those targets. How do you and Barents? ensure success? How do you keep that entrepreneurial spirit alive? And how do you bring companies together and still create and keep the best out of them? I think the you know, one of the comments you made was culture. And, you know, whether in my 30 plus, 35 plus years, I probably have had over, you know, 25, 30 acquisitions. And one of the things that I see, and this is something that we really strive at Barnes is to look at the culture. Because one of the things that we have found is you know, one is you target a customer or as you target, a, you know, a distributor, you look at them and you say, well, first, there's a strategic fit or why you're talking to them. So then once you looked at that strategic fit, then the real key is looking at the, um, you know, the culture, because one of the things that we found is the success is really around. Do you think alike? Do you look at things the same way? Are you entrepreneurial? And some of the things you talked about as you get bigger, you do have to have processes. But one of the things that we really talk about is turning the org chart upside down. We want to really create the line employee needs to remain entrepreneurial, flexible. We want to provide standard and we want to provide opportunities. But really bringing that culture together is really the key. So, you know, you think about it from a strategic bit, but then the next really kind of milepost is culturally, do we think the way? And sort of our DNA is the same. I've seen instances where that did not happen and we had the, you know, a lot of work to do. You still had the strategic fit, but there was a lot of transitional things you had to do to bring the cultures in line. And that, to me, is one of the really key aspects to success is making sure the culture fit is there. Yeah, interesting. So let me tackle the strategic fit to the extent that you're able to share that. Barron's has been in a... Uh, an acquisition kick, including during the pandemic, which is when Marin Group joined. 
and continues even today. I know I've seen some recent announcements. What is it? What's the strategy that's being pursued? And what are you guys looking for as you identify those target businesses to bring on board? Right. Yeah. And I think it starts with the culture. So for us, as we've created a specialty distributor, you know, and one of the things that we really think about is always creating a better solution. So one of the things that we think about is, and I went back to talking about the definition of work is to create value. So one of the things we really think about is our main goal. And when you really think about this is we want to create value for our employees and their family. So one of the things we always think about is how do we create more value for our employees and their families around this distribution space, knowing that to create value, the chemical manufacturer has a choice in the distributor he uses or they use. You know, so you have to create value for them. The customer has a choice. So we really think about whoever has a choice, we have to create more value to be a market leader. So whether it's the chemical manufacturer or whether it's the chemical end user or it's our employees, they have a choice of where they work. Why would they choose Barnes? Same thing we think about when we look at targeted acquisitions. We look at them and say, it's not a fit if it's a, you know, a transition where we look at a lot of synergies. Our whole strategy is buy and build. So every one of our transactions, every one of our over 20 acquisitions globally, the company today has more employees, more value than when we first found them. And so that to me is one of the strategic fits that we look at. So, you know, looking at our history, for example, we knew we wanted to be in the personal care space. So we targeted a regional acquisition for example, in the U.S. Northeast, and then in our hands, we bring them across North America, as well as with Barents, we utilize the skill on a global basis to bring more producers, more customers, then it allows us to create more value. So that's really our strategy, is how do we create more value for our employees? Because we know if we do that, then their entrepreneurial spirit and their ability, you know, they'll create more value for whether it's a principal or a customer so that we really think about that. So you talk a lot about entrepreneurial opportunities for your employees. And, and I think you said that you want people even at the bottom, when you flip the organization, how do they, how do you make sure that they continue to have those, those opportunities? What does that look like to you? Because I think entrepreneurism, that's a word that gets thrown out around a lot and means different things to different people. What does it mean to you? You know, one of the things that I think is, and I'll just give you an example, like the chemical industry in general in the past couple of years, I mean, you really think, and we've seen these trends over, you know, different times, you know, in my 37 years, I've never seen it like this where you had supply chain shortages, you had volatility, you had outages, you had all this kind of convolution of all these different things. I've seen different phases, but not like this all at once. It's been a very unique time. So when you think about those things in our industry, the world is always changing. So one of the things that we think about and how that looks like entrepreneurial, and that's sort of a generic term, but really what we want to do is turn the org chart upside down. And we always think about, you know, that I am the first assistant to the level above the next level up. And then they're the first assistant to the next level up. We want to keep a flat organization. We want to keep it quick. But really, our job is to give strategy. So give, like, here's where we're going, but really empower people and their entrepreneurial ability to say, you know, we've got a supply chain issue. 
Do we need more inventory? Do we have a shortage on one product? Is there a functional equivalent that we can go do? So really what we have found is the best answers come from the people interacting with the customers or the principals. And our job is really just to support that and help with the strategy and learn. You know, we want to learn. We always want to see what's happening. And so that's what that looks like. So we give a lot of authority, a lot of autonomy to our people with inside sort of a barrier. So it's sort of like a street map. We want to go from Houston to Chicago. So that's what we want to do. Now, how you get there is really up to you and based on what's happening. So that's kind of the way we think about things. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And certainly, as you mentioned, the the last couple of years has been full of unexpected events across the industry, right? So product availability and lack thereof, pricing volatility, the supply chain challenges, which has turned, you know, supply chain into a household word. <laughs> and of course, now inflation, right? We're seeing quite an effect. I mean, we're starting to see quite an effect of inflation. You know, as we record this, I've been looking at the earnings reports from a lot of companies. And so far, much of the chemical industry seems to be holding on pretty well. But, you know, I think none of us know what the second half of 2022 is going to look like. So I think, you know, inflation, potential recession, and just this continuous variability is going to persist. So we'll see where that goes. What's been most significant for you when you guys reflect on the last two years? And of course, just frankly, the acquisition of Maroon Group that brought you into Barnes is certainly significant. But what's been most significant for your company over the last two years? Yeah. And I think it's been really a a really interesting time. I mean, it's been really exciting to see all the changes because I think one of the things that I see is you've had the pandemic, which changed the way we work. You know, if you think about the due diligence that Barrent did on Maroon, we never were in a room together. It was all done via Teams or Zoom and just meetings. We never were physically in a room together for over a year. So when you think about what technology has done to allow us to continue to work even through a pandemic, I think that's just amazing cultural shift that has occurred. And so I think today, you know, looking at digital tools, looking at things that are happening, you still have to create value, you still have to create relationships, you still have to do things. But now we have a whole new way of working. You know, I think physically being together is really, really important. But I also think using these digital tools to save time, to save travel, to save, you know, balance of work life, I think it's been a really amazing change that has gone on. And I also think because of all the things that have gone on with just the speed of work, you know, the things that are going on, I think the digital tools has really helped. And to me, so the last couple of years, I really think about we've all had to deal with a pandemic to keep our employees safe. So we were looking at flexible work hours, you know, being able to work from home or work, you know, remotely. You know, we've had some people, obviously, there's certain positions you just can't do that. You know, our laboratory people, our technical people, all that. But we needed to keep them safe. So we needed to segregate that as well. So I think that's one aspect. And then just the changes that have occurred, you know, with the supply chain, all the things and having to react very quickly has really been amazing in the last couple of years. And I think overall, I think from a distribution standpoint in general, I think the value of distribution has really elevated itself because of the complexity of the supply chain 
because of the complexity of things that have happened. I think it's been a really good opportunity for, in general, the distribution market to really show the value and how important of a role we play. What I talk about the business of chemistry, the length and quality of life, because we have been able to fill in for the supply chain and we've solved the problems for people being able to do that so they can get the products on the shelf. So, you know, to me, I think as an industry, you know, we need to stay humble, but I also think we can be a little bit prideful in that our role in the economy, our role in society is very, very important. And I think we've proven that over the last couple of years. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Terry, because I think often producers, principals would think, you know, there's always this dilemma of, well, do I use, you know, what part of my business do I go through distribution for? What part do I not? And at times, I think there can be a bit of a tug of war, particularly over certain customers and certain scales. I I know I certainly saw that during my time at Shell and Clarion and elsewhere. And yet, distributors such as Barents have just a much wider variety of relationships, right? And so it's the ability to pull on a much broader set of potential suppliers, as well as a much broader set of potential customers that creates those optimization opportunities. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Because I think one of the things I always think about is if you can't create value as a distributor to the end customer and to the principal, you know, then that, you know, it's almost like a customer segmentation. If the customer sees no value in what the distributor is providing, then the chemical manufacturer should use, you know, have that customer. Because if distribution can't create value, then long term, that principal won't hold that customer anyway because they're going to go to the value proposition. But to your point, one of the things that we're starting to see is, you know, both from a technical acumen, from supply chain to sourcing, to be able to put together technical products and specialty applications for them, you know, around the whole encompassing of the formularies or from the supply chain problems they're having. You know, I was talking to one food company and one of the interesting things they said is they really like us as well as other distributors, the technical acumen, because what they're saying to us is, you know, if I talk to one producer you know, for example, if they're a producer that produces gum, their answer to a thickening problem will be a gum. You know, if I talk to another company that is methacellulose, maybe that's their answer. Because one of the things we love about distribution is you're, you're, you're a little bit chemistry agnostic. You're just giving us the best solution. And it might be a gum, it might be a cellulose, it might be, you know, many other things. So they really like that kind of sparring partner you know, from a technical aspect. So that's one of the evolutions that I've seen over time with Barents as well as other distributors is that, you know, our saying always creating a better solution is we're really working on the technical level as well as the supply chain, you know, really to create value overall to the customer. And I think in the last couple of years, that's been paramount because there's been times where they say, I just can't get this product. Do you have a functional equivalent or can I reformulate or what can you do to help me? And so you're really bringing value, you know, in those kind of conversations. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I'm glad you addressed that because that was going to be one of my questions is, what do you see of value? Because you use that term a lot. When you think about that, that really, especially from a technical formulation perspective, that implies that you guys make quite an investment in in that technical formulation work and the lab work to understand really how to apply these different potential products into a solution. 
Correct. Yeah. And that's one of the things that we focus on. We target on, you know, what I think in, you know, when you look at products in the chemical industry, you've got commodities and what I call differentiated products and specialties. And really what we target is differentiated and specialty products. And sort of the definition of a specialty product, the value of the product is in the application of in the formulary. So for us, you know, we look at things, we have technical people, you know, we have, and we go to market by verticals. So we have seven verticals in North America and really kind of globally, you know, whether it's food or animal nutrition or human nutrition or personal care or pharmaceutical or case plastics or HINI, we really have people dedicated to those industries. So we have personal care people talking to personal care people. You know, we have human nutrition, talking to human nutrition, case plastics. And then we back that up with laboratories. And we have PhD chemists and they're coming from the industries and they're looking at, you know, trends and formularies and things that really help us do those things to create solutions. And we partner with our principles, you know, what innovation is out there, what new products are you doing, where are you bringing value into the formulation? So I think that's really important, you know, in the market. Yeah. So let's talk about your principles and how do you create value for them? And and I saw so this is maybe a couple question, which is one is, you know, just how do you create value? What's really in it for your principles, your suppliers that you're working with? And then the second piece is how do you strike that balance? Because everybody always wants to be the most important supplier, right? And wants to have first choice. So I guess one, how do you provide value? And then two, how do you balance across the needs and desires of these different principles that you work with? Right. So one of the things that we work on is, and we have what we think is a nice situation where we have principle-facing managers as well as customer-facing managers. So for us, you know, we really think about, and, and in the specialty business, we try to be as exclusive as we can in the market. So that it allows us to focus on those things. So for us, we look at that and say, you know, we look at the chemistries and we look at the portfolios in our different industries. And we know there's certain industries or certain product portfolios that we need to have to be relevant. Therefore, we know there are certain principles that we need to have to be relevant. So it's sort of a circular conversation. The principles also want a distributor to be relevant in the target markets with the target chemistries that they're trying to apply and sell. And they want people knowledgeable on that. The principles today don't really have time to train distributors or to work with distributors and teach them the industry. What they really want is someone that is industry knowledgeable, understand how their chemistry is used. There may be some you know, subtle training, but it really is around their individual chemistry. So one of the things that we really try to work on is aligning ourselves with the right principle doing the right chemistry and then really seeing what they want to sell and the best returns for that. So that's the way we think about that. So the synergistic effect of understanding the chemistries that the end customer needs, as well as the principal is trying to sell and to fill that void in the chemistry value, I think is really important when you think about that value. So we really try to think about that where there's people waking up every day thinking about how do I create value for a principal? Because again, going back in the distribution space, principals have a choice in the distributor they choose. So they need to choose the right distributor that can fulfill their plans. So we need to articulate and understand those and then equate that to the customer. Because again, the end customer is the ultimate you know, person that we, we need to think about as well. 
Yeah, interesting. Yeah, how much transparency is there? Well, that's one of the things we really think is important. I mean, one of the things that we talk about is, you know, kind of the two T's, trust and transparency. Every relationship is built with trust. And with our principals, as well as our customers, we try to be very, very transparent. Here's our customers. Here's where we're focused. Here's our value proposition. Here's what we can do because we think that's really, really important because we really want to align and build a partnership with our principals as well as our customers. So we think that's really ultimately very, very important, you know, just to be transparent with here's the markets, here's where we're, you know, at, because then, you know, it's a pretty straightforward conversation when you're talking about your scorecards or your business plans together. Here's what we're good at. Here's where we're working. You know, can you help us be better? And, and, you know, it's kind of a circular conversation. Hey, we see could you tweak this formula because we could see where there's an opportunity in the market for, you know, X product that probably is a base chemistry of yours that you could fulfill as well. So I think that transparency is very, very important, especially, you know, in this time with supply chain and all the things that are going on. I think it's really, really important to really have that transparency. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. So let's turn back maybe a little bit to digitization. And we talked about digitization in the sense of making it easier to work as a team. Digitization's had a really large focus, certainly since the pandemic for companies. And it's not just kind of the this interpersonal ways of working, but it's also, you know, having a greater web presence, right? Because as individuals, we're all much more in, you know, if I can order from Amazon and track my delivery on my phone, why can't I do that with a chemical company? And quite frankly, the chemical industry has been pretty slow at making that move, right? And a lot of the reasoning is because of these personal relationships and some of the fine tuning. But what's your take on this? What approaches have you and Barron's been taking as it relates to digitization over the past few years, or, or what do you see going forward? Victoria, I think this is, you know, a great question because I think I've heard this over time. And after I left Univar, I did a lot of work in the digital space and thinking about that and, you know, even talked to Amazon. And I think one of the things is that the word digital or all these things sort of get kind of convoluted, you know, like what does all that mean? So the way we kind of think about this is what's our business strategy and how do we create that, you know, going back to create value? And then what are the tools that we have to execute on that? That's when we start thinking about digital. So how do we use all the tools that are available to us to create value in the market? And I think one of the things you talked about is like Amazon, you know, some of those kinds of things you think about. Our industry is a regulated industry. Not everybody should have visibility and see these things and be able to buy these things. So it's really a controlled network. You know, Amazon is an open network, right? And so what you really need is a closed network. And the other thing is, I think digital tools, it depends on the ERP systems people are using and really what the value that creates you know, for them. You know, a lot of people, if they have, you know, their ERP and they can enter an order and it electronically goes to their supplier to go on a separate network is a double work for them. So there's really not an advantage to that other than to self-serve and some of the things you talked about, hey, you know, safety data sheet or C of A or let me look at the spec sheet or I need a formulary. So I think a lot of the distribution space is catering to those kinds of things. 
And the way we're doing it, we're thinking about this from a digital aspect is what's our strategy and what are the tools that allow us to succeed in those such strategy? Some of those are digital tools, whether it's Teams meeting or Zoom or some of the things to be able to contact customers or webinars or being able to you know reach a lot of people in a low-cost manner. That's one way to execute on your strategy using digital tools, looking at solutions and formularies and things like that. That's another way to execute you know, using digital tools. You know, we've done a lot of things, you know, YouTube and digital things about, hey, how do you formulate with certain product. Well, here's a quick one minute, two minute video on how you do that. So I think this is an evolution that is occurring. I think we start to see those kinds of things. I think we're starting to see a lot of applications out there that are catering to the market because I think one of the things is you could kind of make a circular conversation that the chemical industry has been slow to adopt digital. But I also would tell you there's been a, a lot of a lack of digital tools specifically for the chemical industry. And I think there's some of those starting to arise now. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that you personally and maybe Barents has been involved with Blue Palette as one example. So I think there is it's an evolution, as you say, right? We're going to continue evolving. The thing I tell people is, is think about your strategies and then think about the tools. And is digital a tool that will accelerate you know, your strategy? Because it starts with what is your plan? What is your, you know, your strategy? As opposed to, hey, we just need digital. Well, what's the end game for digital, right? And I think that's something that the distribution and the business of chemistry really needs to think through. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And sometimes it's hard to find that end game. So you find at least your mid game and know where you're going, right? Because the world keeps changing. So Terry, what's next for you and Barents? What's your outlook for the rest of 2022 for you guys? And as you start looking into 23? You know, I think we're going to continue to be inquisitive. You know, there's certain markets that we still need to grow more scale and skill and keep developing in. So I think we're going to continue to be inquisitive into the markets. And, you know, as we look forward to the second half of the year, you know, it's kind of the old saying, what goes up, you know, usually comes down. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. To us, we're like waiting for this roller coaster ride to go the other direction. And it will at some point. So we're really watching, you know, what the roots of, you know, inflation or deflation, as well as just, you know, demand in the market. You know, the consumer still seems to be weighing in. You know, if you look at North America, the, you know, employment rates still seem to be pretty good. But it's just a matter of time, you know, with inflation and, you know, when is the consumer going to step back a little bit, as well as just globally. You know, some of the things that are going on between China and the U.S. and Ukraine and Russia and some of the things that are going on, you know, it's going to play themselves out. And I think, again, I think every one of those situations, again, is an opportunity for the chemical distributor. So I think it's, again, an opportunity for us to create value for principals and customers. Yeah. Awesome. Well, great. Well, Terry, this has been wonderful. I appreciate you taking the time and joining us today. Um, it's been a great conversation. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been great. Thank you. Awesome. And thanks everyone for listening to The Chemical Show. Keep listening, sharing, and following, and we will speak with you next week. We've come to the end of today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed your time with us and want to learn more. Simply visit thechemicalshow.com for additional information and helpful resources. Join us again next time here on The Chemical Show with Victoria Meyer.